All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond. Co-host is AJ Applegarth. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still getting over these allergies and cold or whatever I've got, so you're gonna have to uh, excuse me. But what is going on, AJ? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, doing good. Like I said, just <clears throat> still getting over this cold. I cannot get this. I cannot fight these allergies, man. It's crazy. Never had allergies yeah. before. These are kicking my butt. <clears throat> well, that's not good. Yeah, it's not very fun. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, anyway, so tonight we've got a pretty jam-packed show again. Um, I'm going to go over some of the... FSTA fantasy football draft that happened last night at the FSTA conference. I believe those are in New York. Um, talk about some baseball injuries. AJ's got a pretty good rant for you all tonight that was, we were debating on making it a topic, but it was kind of his idea and you guys, you guys will see it's, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be fun. Um, I have two rants. Oh boy. Two. To make up for last week. All right. Yes. One, you one all are lucky. Be, yeah. One, one will be what we talked about. One will be uh, an incident that uh, was bestowed upon me today, we'll say. Oh, geez. Well, we are in for a surprise then, because even I don't know what this is. So, listeners, beware. Uh, but first, man, I want to talk about a little bit of, you know, we've been kind of touching on the NBA Finals. You seem to drag on for a month the way they spread the games out. So it gives us time to, I feel like, reflect on every single game. But, you know, game five this uh, last night, Ky- Kyrie and LeBron just went off, scoring 40 points each, over 40 points each. But it was helped out a little bit, and I'm not going to say it, but, you know, uh, the suspension of Draymond Green, you know, did he deserve it? Maybe. But do you usually suspend people in this kind of spot? No. They've already proved that before by not suspending him after he did the exact same thing against OKC. Um Almost the exact same thing, <laughs> and so say what you will. Um, but you know now we're going game six, so the NBA got what they wanted per se. Do what do you think about that, man? Well, first of all, I saw the. I, I haven't really watched any of this series other than the you know highlights that have been on ESPN and whatever else. Um, but I saw the highlights on Green's issue with LeBron and whatever, you know, the run-in, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, in my mind, I don't know if I agree that it warranted the suspension because of the way that LeBron, you know, reacted and purposely walked over top of Draymond knowing in his head that it's going to piss him off and make him do something, maybe not necessarily hit him in the nuts like he did, but do something to, you know, rile him up. And and he knew exactly what he was doing, and he did it on purpose. 
So, you know, he got what he wanted out of it with the suspension. And, you know, for Cleveland's sake, you know, that that's what helped change this game. And, you know, I, I saw something about Curry's wife was talking about the refs and how they blew the game, this and that, whatever. So, I, I don't know. I didn't really read any of that nonsense either. I just saw it on Yahoo. But it's it's one of those things that, here again, you get the same issues that you always see. It's never a team lost the game because they had a crappy night. They didn't shoot the ball well. They didn't pass the ball well. You know, they didn't rebound the ball well. They got outplayed. That's what happened. So, you know, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about all this crap with the rest did this, you know, this guy's out, so that's changing everything in the landscape, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, I don't think he necessarily should have been out. So, Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know how closely you follow it, but it, you you got to realize that he got suspended because he got upgraded to a flagrant one. And that was like, I I don't know exactly how many it is, but you know, he had the maximum that you could have before you got suspended. So you get suspended one game and you hit that number. Um, So my, my point is, is it just kind of seems like the NBA had a little bit of an agenda here. They kind of knew that Golden State was running away with it. They had the opportunity to give, a disadvantage to Golden State to maybe keep this series alive, and it worked. Um, yeah. And it's almost like in, in the OKC series, when they had the chance to do the same thing, which would have given OKC a huge advantage and possibly the series, they didn't do it, and Golden State was able to come back. So it's kind oh, of like, it would have given this, them the series, but that's why this, they did it. Because it's like, well, we can't take this guy out now because, you know, we need to have the LeBron versus Golden State rematch for this. So, uh, okay, okay, see, you guys played your hearts out, but guess what? You're not going to make it. Um, I mean, and and I, I do think the NBA is very rigged to a point, but it's, you know, I, I also think OKC choked. You know, they, they should have Oh, yeah, have no, of course. Period. Of course. But they didn't. So, you know, they, the NBA got what they wanted, and that's what it is. So. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help. I mean, I've, everybody already screams rigged, you know, fixed for the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you had the the you know all that ref incidents that happened in the early 2000s and like the book came out and all that kind of stuff and the, you know the NBA was just like oh we knew nothing about it this was all this one guy like okay yeah right. um you know it's just everything doesn't look good when you've already got people screaming toward that direction mm-hmm. don't do things that are going to make it worse and make it seem like, even if it's not like it just, it's the appearance, you know, it's the eye test and, and they're failing it right now. They're failing the eye test when it comes to, is this game rigged so that the NBA can get the series that they want in the finals, you know, eh, it's not good, but you know, I mean, I still think OKC is going to win this series or not. OKC, Golden State is going to win this series. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it took it took forty plus points from both Kyrie and LeBron, even without Draymond Green, to win this game last night. And I mean, that's just not going to happen. Um, Curry's going to end up going off again. Although I, I heard it, I didn't see anything about this, but I guess he showed up to the after game, the the post game conference with a, like ice wrapped around his shoulder, like he was a pitcher. And mm. so I wanted to put it to that because he hit terrible last night or shooting terrible last night. And, uh, you know, that could, who, that could be pretty big news. Like if Kyrie can't shoot or God, man, I got everybody mixed up tonight. If, uh, you know, if Curry can't shoot, then honestly, what's he really giving you besides points? I mean, he's not awesome at defense. He's good. Um, yeah. I guess he could, he's a good facilitator, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, look, I I called Golden State in six, so I guess it could happen pretty easily here. Yeah. <clears throat> but that said, let's uh, I want to move on real quick and just get your thoughts on on this uh, Machado and Ventura suspension. You know, it, it's funny it happened. You know, last week while about this time during the show, and. I was sitting here reacting to it while watching it on TV. You know, Machado gets pegged by Ventura, second at bat in the game, been brushed back before. I didn't see that at the time, so I didn't really know what the history of it was. And then Ventura pegs him with like a 99 mile per hour fastball, and the, the second at bat, Machado just runs up the mound and hits him in the face. And it was fantastic because Ventura's a prick. Uh, to, put it as PG as I possibly can. And, <laughs> but Machado gets four games, which I guess is, is fine. It's actually less than I thought he would get after Odor got what, eight down to seven. Uh, I thought, I thought Machado was going to get quite a bit because I thought it just, I thought that had like set the precedence. And so, you know, it was going to be kind yeah. of similar, but Ventura gets nine. But like reality though, like I think pitchers should get like four times as many. Because they're only gonna, he's only gonna miss like one, maybe two. It's stupid. He's, he's missing one start. He's they're gonna work it around so he doesn't miss two starts. It's so pointless to well, get yeah, him because, nine games. Yeah, because all he has like, to do is okay, appeal, which he do is, and then he'll just go for nine games. Yeah, because then he'll he just go up oh. one start. The only yeah. the only way that 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 nine games is going to come into effect is if Kansas City goes into four or five, you know, 18-inning games and they have to run through their bullpen, they have to run through bringing other starters in. Oh, wait, we can't bring Ventura in. That dumbass is still on suspension. <laughs> Way to go, pal. We really needed you for this fifth 18-inning game. No, that's not going to happen. It's such a waste of time to even talk about suspend the guy for one game and say you're suspended for the game you're supposed to start. That's the whole point of what they should try to do with these pitching suspensions. These yeah, they, they've got to do something. It's stupid. Random I agree number with you. games are dumb. It, Starting pitchers have to be relievers. I could understand like relievers. Okay. Just give them like oh, reliever, 10 games. Yeah. And a it's, reliever, you know, that's a reliever a, for a nine games. That hurts. Yeah, that's that's big because you know reliever not going to pitch nine games straight, but they're going to pitch every other day, every third day. Uh, so you know there's quite a bit. Starting pitchers getting nine games is just stupid. I mean, 
yeah, I totally agree with you, but it, I do like the fact that just, you know, now all this stuff's coming out where Kansas City's talking about how they're sick of his attitude and they, they have been looking to trade him and everything else. The fact of the matter is the guy pegs people all the time and, you know, he's, he's got an attitude. Yeah, he, he's got good stuff, but he's just, he's messed up in the head, man. And <laughs> Adam Jones had a funny quote. It was something like, you know, he's got all the talent in the world, but you know, the circus circus between his ears are faulty or something. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard that. But, but yeah. So that is that not a whole lot of other news going on. Oh, Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup. Blah. Yay. Um, <laughs> I don't like the Pittsburgh. Yeah, whatever. Another <laughs> another series I didn't really watch. I, I didn't either. I just, I you know, I kept tabs on it here and there. But anyway, um, uh, so the FSTA draft of the Fantasy Sports Trade Association, the Fantasy Football Draft, um, was last night, and as usual, a lot of big guns in there. Uh, run through the <clears throat> run through the uh, lineup here real quick. We got pick number one, ESPN Mike Clay from Stats Inc. Greg Ambrosius, gig big game software Brett Baker, Chris uh, Chris List from Rotowire, Steve Gardner from USA Today Sports. Charlie Wiegert from CDN Sports from the Fantasy Network. We've got Nato DeFino, Colton and the Wolfman, uh, Ray Flowers from Fantasy Alarm, and while well, he's he's being propped up by Sirius XM, but he writes for Fantasy Alarm. But the reason why that is is because Jeff Manns and Ted Schuster co-owned a team from Fantasy Alarm. Uh, USA Today Sports. Corey Bonini, uh, John Hansen from the Fantasy Guru, Anthony Perry from Fantastics, and Mike Dempsey from Football Diehards. So a pretty big, uh, big time group. Um, that's always kind of the you know I, I always like to preface this um, evaluation or review of the draft by saying that you know this this is a really really early fantasy football draft. Um, and a lot of these guys, you know, this is, this is done to kind of just get the, get the ball rolling with football. And a lot of these guys try and I don't know, I think I said the same thing with baseball. They kind of flex their muscle, try and do weird things. Uh, I forget the, what was the really, really weird pick last year? Um, Football pick? Yeah, we talked about this draft last year too. I cannot remember now, but I remember I thinking no like, "Whoa, this dude took that guy," and it was like a first round or second round pick, and it was like, "Wow!" Oh, you know what? I think it was Darren McFadden, and it ended up kind of working out. But it was like, why on earth would you have drafted Darren McFadden in the second round last year? At in July or June, even it was like at no point. With Darren McFadden worth a second round pick, he wasn't even worth a second round pick in August. You know, it was still, it was still uh, well, in June. You don't really know who's going to be the starter. You lost to Marco Murray, yeah. So but it was you figure it was, 
Joseph Randall's spot. Right. Everybody knew that. And Joseph Randall played well until he was a moron. Um, yeah. Played well for a couple of weeks until he was a moron. So, like, the pick kind of got lucky that it was right. But, you know, again, there's not, you know, I'll say this about this draft. There weren't as many kind of, like, her picks this year. Everybody kind of seemed to stay on course. Um you know, I think we saw last year like one team did the absolute zero running back theory and they waited to like round seven to take their first running back. And then they took like six in a row and they were all chumps. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was probably uh, all the stuff. They're probably all the guys that stayed healthy. Yeah, they probably were. I wish, <laughs> you know what? I wish I could find last year's. Because um, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I, I kind of want to look at it and, and see who those guys were. I do remember that team. It was, it was just crazy. We were looking at it like, okay, I, I get not drafting a running back, but yikes, that's, uh, that's taking it a little far. Um, but this year, you know, a couple, a couple of my initial thoughts are, you know, you, you better get your stud wide receivers early. Um, you're not going to be able to wait and find a lot of, you know, value at the wide receiver position. The guy, the top guys are going early. Um, I'd say, you know, they drop off pretty significant after the fourth round. Now, now take it. This is a 14 team league. It is PPR. Um, so when I say fourth round, that might be fifth round in like a 12 team league. Um, you know, even later in a six in a, in a ten team league, but um, you know, running backs. Even though nobody really seemed to go the zero running back theory, um, running backs are kind of hanging around. You know, Jeremy Hill, Jay Ajayi, Langford, Forsett, they were going to the fifth round. Melvin Gordon, Frank Gore, Chris Ivory, they were in the eighth round. I mean, look, I don't think any of those guys are great. If you're getting Frank Gore in the eighth round, I mean, he's still going to have a decent season. Melvin Gordon could really bounce back. Who knows? You know, like Melvin Gordon wasn't touted as a good running back last year for nothing. Like he came out of college with a lot of, you know, very highly touted running back. And he sucked you know, last he just, year. Just, yeah, he was terrible. I get that it. That was but terrible. I get it. But, man, eighth round, you're getting a starting running back? Oh. Yeah, eighth round's not bad. But Ridiculous. I, I still Ivory? think he he's I don't know. I I don't Gordon at all. I don't want him, but I, man, I, if I like I like Ivory running there. back two in the eighth round and load up on like every other position, I'd be okay with that. Well, and that's that's that guy's fourth running back too. He took David Johnson in the first round, Forte in the fourth. Which is silly. Yeah, to that's me. silly. Matt uh, Johnson in the sixth, and then Gordon in the eighth. So he's already yeah. got his two starters, and you know, and a and a flex guy. You know, with Johnson. I mean, Cleveland running backs weren't weren't all that to write home about. Last yeah, but I like this Johnson but, in the PPR league. You guys still caught sixty passes. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 a solid pick. I like him over, um, you know, Cro- Crowell. Crowell, whatever his name Crowell, is. Crowell, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't mind Melvin Gordon as a fourth pick, but I think 
I would have I would have I would have rather grabbed Gary Barnage there. He went a few picks later. I mean, I'd rather have Frank Gore over Melvin Gordon too. So he was at the end of that round. Um, uh, no, you're reading no, it wrong. Ra- no, 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 eight. sorry. Round so eight, Gore went ahead of Kenyon Drake. Okay, yeah. yeah. So those I would have taken. I probably would have. Nah. Well, I, I would have taken Ertz over him, maybe. Gordon, maybe. I don't know. It's tough, man. I mean, I, look, I, I think it's a solid pick. I think Melvin Gordon's, you know, I think he could be good. Um, the, the Chargers offense was just not really clicking last year, especially yeah. after Keenan Allen got hurt. Uh, the offensive line was putrid. That's why Rivers really went downhill. And, I mean, who knows? The, you know, they upgraded – I think they upgraded the position this offseason. Um, but, you know, again, getting a starting running back in the eighth round, just the upside alone right there is worth it. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and that said with the running backs, like um, probably the weirdest thing of all is like everybody, like I said, everybody went heavy wide receiver. Everybody. There's eight gone in, in the first three rounds. Each round, eight receivers off the board. Yeah. So, yeah, you you need to grab one by that point. I mean, the the one guy, uh, Greg Ambrosius, went receiver, 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 um, and then tight end, and then <laughs> and then took Craig Holson. So, uh, I I like I like those picks. Uh, his running backs are definitely not. The best, I feel like. No, no, they're now, not. They're not very hand, good. He handcuffed Deion Lewis with James White. Um, I, you know. I mean, I like I like hurt, Lewis. But... I think people are forgetting about how good he was last year, especially in PPR. Um, yeah. I don't like Crowell. Uh, yeah. Derek Henry could be interesting. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, one the one team I think is the one team I think is interesting out of all of that, you know, we're talking about all the receivers that went early, is Colton and Rick Wolf. Colton and Wolfman. Three yeah. running backs with their first three picks. Now they're awesome. All three of them are great. Adrian Peterson, Lamar Miller, DeMarco Murray. Awesome. Yeah. But now your your first receiver is Doug Baldwin. I mean, what what can we really expect out of Doug Baldwin? I mean, last year he had that crazy good season where he caught 15 touchdowns. He his highest season before that was uh, six, I, I want to say. Um, yeah, but all of those games were like from week eight on, I feel like, or something. I mean, he was nowhere to be found in the beginning of the season, and then oh, yeah, he no, that's blew what I'm up. Was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was totally crazy. I mean. You, yeah. You're not going to get that again. Um, Corey Coleman, I mean, yeah, he's going to be the number one receiver in Cleveland. Do we care? I mean, you're talking wow. about RG3 passing on the ball. Um, are we really believing in RG3 again? Um, Travis Benjamin, the guy's boomer bust big time. I mean, he's going to catch four passes for 120 yards and two touchdowns, or he's going to catch – one for 20. And that's your wide receiver three. Then you got Mike Wallace, which 
this this seemed like a decent pick last night, I guess, before the news came out that Brashard Perriman might actually play now this year. Uh, I'm guessing he picked Mike Wallace when he thought that Perryman was going to be done for the season. Um, I, oh, did they enter, did they figure out what's up with his knee? Last I saw, yeah, it's not a, was, it's not a, so it's not a full tear of his ACL. Uh, okay. They're giving him like, uh, they some shot. I forget exactly what it is. I could, I could look it up exactly. I'm sure it's blasted all over the rotor wire. Cortisone <clears throat> shot? No, it's um. Man, you're gonna make me look it up. Um, I'm not gonna make you do anything. Sore labia <laughs> shot? He, I, um, I don't know. Avoid like... a stem cell injection. That's what it is. So he's getting a stem cell injection, which is supposed to, I guess, help rebuild whatever damage was done to the ACL. And reconstructive surgery is no longer being considered. And he's going to miss two to four weeks. Players usually recover from knee scopes in two to four weeks, which would put Perryman back on track to return sometime around the start of training camp. Um. I mean, I'm, how I'm much can he guy. I, I want him to be on the field. I want to see what he can do. But right now, he's giving Ryan Leaf, you know, a run for his money as the biggest boss uh, for the draft. I don't know about that, man. This guy hasn't even been on the field. You can't. Well, that's at least Ryan Leaf point. played, like, and Leaf was terrible. Is that not a bust? Is that not a bust? He it is a bust. Because he's been injured. That's unfortunate. I'm not blaming it on him. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a horrible span of bad luck. I, like I said, I want to see the guy play, and I, I'm I'm pulling for him. I, I want him to be on the field and do something for the Ravens this year. But man, it's he's just been such a disappointment, and it's not like I said, it's not necessarily his fault. But yeah, when you draft someone, you expect them to play, and then oh, they go course. out the first year. Okay, fine, and then the <laughs> next year it's like great, and then it's year three, and it's like wow. Are we just sitting in the twilight zone here? What are we doing? Well, this is only a second year. This is the second year? When did he get – he got drafted? He got drafted last year. Two years ago. He was drafted last year? I could have swore he's been out for two seasons. I think so. Right. Look well, you're going to make me look that up. You could go <laughs> on and talk. I'll look that up. Oh, my God. <clears throat> 2015, round one, pick 26. Yeah, he was drafted last year. He missed his rookie year. And then he was possibly going to miss his second rookie year. (laughs) Um, But it looks like he's not going to. But, like, I don't know. Like, still, it goes back to he picked Wallace. Well, it seems like he's been drafted in 1994. So, I mean, he's been out for so long. Rashad, we wish you the best. Come come play, please. <laughs> I guess. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's, it's kind of weird that he did that. Um, and then I, I did I did want to point out the fact that, you know, a guy that we've kind of debated here a couple different times, I feel like, is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he went pick 11. He was the fifth running back off the board. He went ahead of guys like Devonta Freeman, Jamal Charles, Lamar Miller, you know, 
Ingram, Martin, McCoy, et cetera. Um, would you have done this? Would you have taken him ahead of guys like even Des Bryant and Allen Robinson and those receivers? Uh, I don't. I think I like Robinson more in a PPR league, but I I do like Elliott. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he is. He's got a lot of hype coming in, and. You know, with that line, it's not like their line has disappeared. You know, you would assume that, you know, Big Tony is coming back healthy. um, And, you know, he's got enough time to recover this time. So I I think Dallas is going to be a a pretty decent team if if all their parts are clicking. And he's going to be a big part of that. Uh, Now, that being said, I, I do like Robinson probably more than him. Bryant, to me, is kind of a boomer bust guy uh, as well, but I think a lot of his bust last year was because of the quarterback play and not well, having a healthy Romo. Dez was hurt too, though. I think you're forgetting that. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I know. I think Dez only played he, nine games. He had himself. his own issues, but when he was healthy, he didn't have a quarterback. So, no, it was terrible. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, I mean, I like the pick over Charles, and we've gone into depth about my newfound hatred for Jamal Charles. Uh, not that watched, it's a hatred. You have like the best season it's ever. More now. of a, just a biased you. season. <laughs> it probably will, and I'll somehow manage to play him every week in fantasy football. Um, and then, I mean, Freeman was a monster last year, but. I feel like he really only had a couple really big games and then he had decent to like slightly under, you know, below average games that carried him to where he stayed. I know we've talked about him before too. Miller, I'm not sold on Miller. Um, I think he's a good running back, but honestly, I think I like Doug Martin better than Lamar Miller. Uh, you don't know much about you don't know much about the quarterback play there. You've got Brock Osweiler coming in. Um, you know, Doug Martin's got a stud second-year guy. Uh, so I I don't I don't hate the picks. I'm still not taking Elliott in the first round. He's He's really got to blow me away in preseason, which I know preseason we say not to like really trust it, but he's he's a guy that I'm gonna he's a guy that I'm gonna look at uh, and and watch carefully. I want to see how how he runs, what his vision is, um, how does he finish that kind of stuff. Um, if he just really blows it out of the water in in preseason, I'll start moving him up. But right now, I'm, I can't do it. I mean. Darren McFadden, even though he just he just had surgery today to repair a, his foot or something, he's only going to be out a couple of weeks, um, so he'll be back. But it's there's still McFadden there, and there's still Alfred Morris. I just I don't know. I just I just can't do it. Maybe it's me being I don't like Dallas. Maybe that's part of it. But you know. 
come on, I took Des Bryant in like two different leagues last year and it killed me. So yeah. I don't just go straight away from Dallas players. I just don't really like, oh, now my Demi Fadden broke his elbow. That's what it was in an accident at home. It will require surgery. <laughs> okay, good job. Um, so that's going to help Elliot for sure because it's going to give him a, you know, more stranglehold on the number one running back. But, you know, I, I just, there's talent there behind him. So if he struggles at all, they'll just go to the next guy who's already done it. That's my thing with but him. My my thing with, I mean, I, I don't necessarily love this guy's team, though. I like the Elliott pick. I like the Cooks pick. And I like the Hearns pick in the fourth round. Matt Jones, though, I mean, yeah, yeah he had some decent games. <laughs> Hell, I would have rather taken Jordan Reed there. Um, you know, or no. Forte was sitting there. Thomas Rawls was sitting there, which we've talked about. Um, Latavius Murray, those are guys that should be ahead of Matt Jones. Mm, I don't understand Murray, that. Pick. I could see why not. Murray really struggled last year. Um, they're already talking about yeah, splitting carries with him. Oh, yeah, no, I'm absolutely taking Forte. Uh, I'm probably taking no, I'm taking Jeremy him. Hill over him, too. I'm probably taking Thomas Rawls over him. You know what, though? In a PPR league, I know why Jeremy Hill dropped. Um, yeah, that's true. Giovanni Bernard has really outscored Jeremy Hill two years in a row in PPR leagues. Yeah. So I know why Jeremy Hill has dropped, but Jeremy Hill is still good. Um, yeah, I'm leery on Matt Jones. And you mentioned Jordan Reed. I, I do want to say something about that. I don't get why Jordan Reed is going ahead of Greg Olson. Um, because him and Kirk Cousins might as well be cousins. They're so close. Have they, I mean, has everybody forgotten why we didn't want to even draft Jordan Reed last year? Because he is the biggest injury concern next exactly. to Brassard Perryman, I think, that we could talk about. So now you're going to draft the guy in the third round? I'm not taking him in the third round. I, I like him better than Matt Jones was the point that I was making. Okay. I still don't like either of them in the third round. I would have taken Olsen there all day um, ahead of ahead of both of those guys. Well, I'm not drafting um, a tight end early ever, so... <laughs> Have fun with all of them. So well, yeah. I mean, if if it came down to it, just seeing that he it, was the next guy off the board. But, yeah, Hanson took two very injury-prone tight ends. That's interesting. Jimmy Graham and Jordan Reed. I mean, they could really work out for him if they both play. And I mean, that could that like could be should. huge for for oh, PPR wow. though. And he's got Tom Brady. You know, yeah. so he's missing whatever four games or whenever that. Supreme Court ruling comes down, and they're like, "Oh, time, oh, okay, Dreamboat. He won't miss we'll any. let you play again." He's not I gonna think miss he any. will. I think he'll miss so? two games. I think he'll so. miss two games. Added. Yeah. Well, interestingly but, enough, you mentioned Tom Brady. His other quarterback. Talk about risky quarterbacks. And this is a note I had. Ryan Fitzpatrick is his second quarterback. He could be without a quarterback he's not even on a team. Season. Yeah. <laughs> what? Man, talk about risky. Well, sorry, C.J. Spiller. I'm dropping you for a quarterback. Or Robert Woods. Uh Yeah, man, that's crazy. But, like, in a 14-team league, everybody has two quarterbacks except for one, two teams. 
Fursk. Picking up RG3. The one guy got Carson Palmer, and that's his only quarterback. That's that's uh, that's an interesting play. The other guy's got Eli. Eh, Eli's pretty reliable. As far as, know, staying, as far as staying on the field, but oh, Paul! I mean, if Palmer's healthy, he's he's a no-brainer that you're going to start him. But he's shown in the past that he's injury history, you know, injury prone too. So yeah. So I, I think uh, I think that's an interesting you know couple of picks there. So I want to I want to talk because we're kind of going long winded on this. I want to do talk about a couple different um, wide receivers here that that caught my eye in the first couple rounds. And <clears throat> Demarius Thomas and Randall Cobb they both go at the end of the second round. So we're almost talking start of the third round. Well, we are for Randall Cobb start of the third round for normal twelve team leagues. Yeah. What do you think about the two of these guys? I mean, Demarius has been my boy for the past few years. Last year, he he really killed me without getting any touchdowns. His yardage numbers were still pretty much there. But I think with, you know, Peyton Manning struggling as much as he did last year, it really, really hurt Demarius' value. Um, I, I don't think – I mean, I don't – I'm not against him being an end of the second round guy. I don't think I'm going to look for him there. I would be looking for him in the third. If he's still hanging around late third, I might take a flyer on him. Um, and, and same thing with Cobb. I think Cobb's going to be, I think he's going to have an opportunity to get back to where he was too. He really suffered without having Jordy Nelson on the field. Oh, of course. And, and I mean that was just that was just ridiculous. So I mean he he looked to be the the one that was going to be getting all these targets because of, of the other injuries that they had on the on the receiving core there too. Um and it just didn't really pan out. He just he had such a bad year last year. Um yeah. I I don't I don't dislike him at the beginning of the third at all in a standard 12-team league. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm. it's interesting that Jordy Nelson went only four picks before Cobb, and Cobb had that disastrous of a season last year. So this just shows yeah. like, how much Jordy Nelson's really helping bring Cobb back up. Everybody remembers both of them being awesome two years ago. And, you know, they were both pretty much wide receiver ones two years ago. So, especially mm-hmm. Cobb in a PPR, he catches so many, like, underneath routes and just takes them to the house. It's it's huge. Uh, Demarius Thomas, you know, you're, you're right on there. I mean, the touchdowns. It, yards and receptions were, were still there. Um, and, and they still might be. I mean, he still knows how to, you know, he catches that little screenplay and can just take it. Um, the touchdowns for him are just, they're not going to be there again. Um, the, this offense is not going to be the same. It wasn't the same last year. And so I think you're expecting more of the the same struggle that we had with, with him and Emmanuel Sanders and this running game. So 
you know, I, I think I would have taken, you know, Hilton over Demarius Thomas. Um, maybe, maybe a Watkins if it gets closer and, and we know that Watkins isn't going to miss time or maybe only misses like one game. Um, I don't know if I could do Edelman because he's so injury prone. Landry's kind of eh because Tannehill and I just don't know. Um, I, and then I, after I like that, Landry I think though. I mean, I, I think Landry would have been worth Hilton. Probably, yeah, for sure. I would, I would take him over both of those guys. Landry, yeah, and PPR, would probably absolutely. be there. Um, That's iffy to me. I'm not sure. That one's close. I mean, I would, I would take Kelvin Benjamin over those guys. He's coming back off an injury, but he's missed the whole season, and he was a beast in his rookie year. So. I mean, he was, I but he was very touchdown dependent. You don't remember that? He caught a lot of mm-hmm. touchdowns his first year. So it was the type of thing where he, he didn't catch a ton of balls. He, he dropped yeah, a lot. Look at, look, at what, look at what Newton did without him there. Excuse me. But, I mean, he, I'm aware. I mean, a lot of it was him and his rushing touchdowns, too, was a lot of his value at Newton, that is. But – he was throwing passing touchdowns to, you know, garbage receivers. So, you know, you've you got to think that if Benjamin's there, those numbers are going to spike back up. Yes, he is dependent on it, but, I mean, I still think that he can he can be a pretty big cog this year. Yeah. Uh... I mean, look, I, I like I like Elvin Benjamin. I drafted him in a couple in a, in a league last year, and then like the next day, blew his knee out. I, I'm sitting there watching Twitter, and I see it. I'm just like, what? And then I think the next draft, I drafted Jordy Nelson. Same thing happened to me. I about lost my mind. Um, anyway, so yeah, the, the the last guy I want to mention is I was actually shocked to see Brandon Marshall go five picks into the second round in this, in this draft. I know Marshall was awesome last year, but right now they don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And even with him, are you, do you expect Brandon Marshall to repeat what he did last year to where you're drafting him over guys like Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Demarius Thomas, Randall Cobb, those guys. Well, Mike Evans didn't really light the world on fire last year to begin with either. So, I I would take Marshall over Evans for sure. I'm not drafting in my leagues, thankfully, until closer to the season and this quarterback situation gets figured out. I think that the Jets are going to come back and get Fitzpatrick locked up. Uh, I mean, he had a he had a pretty solid year for them last year. You know, kept them somewhat competitive. You know, throughout and. A lot of it had to do with his play and both Marshall and Decker, uh, you know, getting a lot of a lot of good plays from that, those three guys. Um, you know, having a better running back in Forte come there instead of having Ivory as your main starter, I think Ivory is still going to be, you know, a pretty good workhorse for him. But Forte is going to be the guy. He's going to be the starter, and, and Ivory's going to be more of a change of pace, you know, or, or maybe a, a pounded-in, you know, touchdown-type guy. Um, and Forte is going to be the the 
the shady of, you know, his last couple of years with the Eagles where he was more of a between-the-20s kind of guy. So I, I don't dislike the pick. I, I'd go for Marshall. I don't know about early round two, but I, I definitely am looking at him in round two or round three because someone's going to take him. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a tough time believing he's going to repeat, even with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. I mean, I think that offense surprised a lot of people. But, I mean, you said you would definitely take him over Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans had his, like, blah games. He still scored 12 touchdowns. And if you're saying that Doug Martin's going to be good because his his quarterback is going to be better this year, then why don't you think that Mike Evans would be better this year? See ya. Home run. Sorry. Um, Trying to skirt the question. Green monster. (laughs) Yeah. What what was the question again? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, No, I, I like Mike Evans. I like Doug Martin and I like Jameis Winston, but they have a horrific offensive line there. So it's harder for Winston to get set and be able to throw more downfield to Evans, and I think that's what the problem is. Um, you know, if they can build that up a little bit more and have some stability there. Luckily, Jameis is a mobile quarterback, so, you know, it wasn't sort a of. huge problem. I mean, he's, he's more mobile than most of the quarterbacks, hmm. I feel like. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think... I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I both of those guys to me are second, you know, early third round guys. Yeah, I mean, it. They're all they're all early round guys. I just you know they're just guys that I I just thought were it was interesting. So, you know, but I want to finish off this with our favorite and our least favorite team. And I'm going to start out by saying I really like Ray Flowers' team. Even though you don't like the Melvin Gordon pick, I do where he got him. And, you know, you said it before, David Johnson, then Mike Evans, then Golden Tate, who I love this year. Uh, I know it's it's the popular expert opinion to kind of not like him this year because everybody does, apparently. But Everybody's like, oh, well, without Calvin there, he won't do it. You know, Calvin was still around. He's not a real wide receiver one. No, maybe not, but the guy's still going to probably catch 100 passes for, you know, 1,200 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, the, the guy's going to be good. Um, he, I forget the numbers now, but it was like there's three games in a row a couple of years ago where Calvin didn't play, and Golden Tate was a monster. And so – uh, to get Golden Tate's wide receiver too, that's good. Uh, Matt Forte, and then Marcus Wheaton, who uh, I mean I'm iffy on Wheaton. Well, I think he'll be good, but whatever. Uh, then Duke Johnson, Blake Bortles, Melvin Gordon, Tevin Coleman. Who knows? Like you know, everybody's kind of like is Devonta Freeman for real? Um, you know, and then he finishes off. I mean, he got Bortles, and then backed him up with Dalton. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I, I like his team a lot. My least favorite team is 
is the fantasy alarm guys and Jeff Manns and Ted Schuster. I mean, he started off with Gronk, and that's just number one right there. I, I don't like starting off with a tight end. I know it's Gronk, and he's awesome, but there's going to be guys drafted behind him from those other good position, you know, from the wide receiver and running back positions that are going to outscore Gronk. Um, and you could, if you really want a tight end early, go get a Jordan Reed, go get a Greg Olson, go, go get a Travis Kelsey or Delaney Walker, something like that. Something that's good enough. You don't need Gronk. Um, but Brandon Marshall, fine. He's good. But then his first running back was Ryan Matthews. I don't, I don't like it. Larry Fitzgerald, I think he's going to decline this year. Michael Thomas, who knows? Justin Forsett's a good pick in the sixth round. Kenneth Dixon, eh, I don't know. Baltimore running back. Kenyon Drake from Miami. I mean, you're really buying that Ajayi is not going to get it done. Vincent Jackson, Muhammad Sanu. You bought Tony Romo. I mean, the guy going to probably break his collarbone again. I get it. He's awesome. But then you backed him up with Brock Osweiler. Like, you need a better backup quarterback if you're going to take Tony Romo. I just don't like this team. Pretty much minus two picks. So, that's my least favorite team right there. I mean, I don't – there's a lot of, like, I guess, leaper potential on that team is what he was really going for. Yeah, and I I'm okay going for you know one or two sleeper guys here and there, but man, his whole team to me looks like sleeper. I mean, I like the four set pick where he got him, and he's yeah, more absolutely. of a number one back to me. Um, I, I guess, but you're really afraid of of what he's going to give you if you're going out and getting Kenneth Ken Dixon. Dixon I don't right know who that is. <laughs> I know, I mean, right? I, like, I'm guessing that's crazy. his backup. I, I don't even know. Um, and same thing with Kenyon Drake. Like, uh, okay, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe these guys are PPR monsters, and we just don't know about it or whatever. Well, I mean, Kenyon Drake and Dennis, Dennis Dixon are both rookies, and they're both backing up. You know, one's backing up a giant yeah. who's unproven. I get it. So that's an okay random pick there. Kenneth Dixon backing up Forsett. I mean, I guess you want the handcuffs because Forsett's injured, but injury prone, but. Again, you you just hit it right on the nose. He's buying a lot of upside guys, and who knows? It could work out, but that's just one too many upside guys for me. You know, yeah. this seems like the type, like when I was talking earlier, where a lot of these guys usually try and, like, do the the off-kilter thing to, like, be cool and get talked about. Well, he's getting talked about, so congratulations. But it if you're trying to win the league, this didn't do it. If you're trying to get hits for your site, then you probably did it <laughs> because, you know, people are going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you on Twitter because you have a pretty terrible team out of the draft. Yeah. And sometimes All that's right. what we're going for. They're just doing it for publicity. What's that? Sometimes they're just doing it for publicity. So I get it. You know, they're out here to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So... All right, well, I think we beat this draft to death enough, so can move on and finish out here with some uh, some injuries. Um, I guess we'll start off with uh, the one somewhat surprising injury with Garrett Cole. Um, I believe it was a triceps injury, and he was expected to miss one start, um, and they, they called up uh, uh, Talion again. 
He yep. started tonight. He's having a pretty good game so far. Well, he was the last time I saw it, at least, put it that yep. way. 4 0 against, um, against the Grom and the Mets. Um, but now, now Cole's on the DL. So uh, I guess he's obviously a little more injured than they initially let on. Um, so he's out at least uh, two weeks, and we'll see what, what happens there. Uh, Hugh Darvish is back on the DL with some shoulder tightness. Um, he only had three starts, um, and from what I saw, it looked like he pitched pretty well in those three starts. Um, so, I mean, there's there's no reason to rush him back, I feel like, but they just don't have a timetable at this point, and I, I don't think he wants to rush back, you know, coming off of Tommy John. Uh, obviously, this is the shoulder, not the, the elbow, but, you know, it's all linked together there. Uh, Jorge Soler is on the DL with a left hamstring strain. Um, yeah, so he'll, uh, you know, we'll see see if that's going to bring um, the name I just picked him up the other day and then drop him in Almara, I think his name was. Alberto Almara. Is that what you were um, shooting for? Uh no, it wasn't. I Cubs. totally didn't finish my sentence there, but yeah, he um Yeah, Amora got called up, but I think actually it's oh, um he, it's more it's now gonna be more Chris Cockling. He got traded, so uh, uh Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be more him now. Um and even me you know, maybe even swapping out Bryant to the outfield and getting um Baez in the infield some more. That's yeah. the one I was going for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, Bias has really kind of been picking it up lately as well um, and getting some playing time. So I'll, I'll do what they can to try to keep his hot bat in. Um, and then uh, Jake McGee here uh, looks like he is also out uh, with some knee inflammation. Uh trying to find his replacement. Um, I believe he just got picked up, actually. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Estevez or something like that. Carlos Estevez. Yeah, yeah, Carlos Estevez is going to be the guy for now. Yeah, so he closed out. Um, they, they thought it was going to be Jason Mott, but apparently he blew his opportunity very quickly. <laughs> And uh, now they're going with Estevez. Yasiel Puig is on the DL with a hamstring injury. Expected to return next week, though. Uh, Michael Conforto of the Mets is out with a wrist injury. Uh, Really hasn't been that good since the beginning of May. Only hitting a a 153 with five homers uh, total and only one since May 22nd. So, you know, we've talked about wrist injuries before and some injuries and how these, you know, what seems to be somewhat minor kind of really zap the power out. So, see what happens with him. Um, King Felix thought he was uh, thought he was going to be back in the minimum amount of time, but he's uh, he's listed out at least another four weeks. So that's a pretty big blow for those of you who thought he was coming back early. Um, and then Sean Mania, 
He is on the DL now with tightness in his forearm. Um, yeah, I, was really, new, I, just, I just wrote this yeah. one down. It like literally came out like two minutes before our show. Uh, I was going to say, I it. just saw him. <laughs> he just pitched the other day, yesterday, I believe. Yeah, he got um, taken out in the fourth, fifth inning or something like that. Um hmm. So they're saying there's no like structural damage, but there's the like something showed up on the MRI, so they're just shutting them down for now. So that's always bad news. Yeah. Um, and then the last injury we had here was uh, Carlos Beltran. Uh, knee injury, soreness has him out of the lineup tonight. So something to keep an eye on. Beltran's getting up there in his uh, in his years. Thirty nine. Um, yeah, so something like that could keep him uh, keep him sidelined for a bit. Wouldn't be surprised to see him hit the DL and then make it back in a couple of weeks. So I guess that uh, brings us into our rant section of the evening. I'll try to uh, try to make these quick uh, if I can. The <laughs> the first one I would like to rant about is the innings pitched limit in leagues. So basically you can have a game starts limit or an innings pitched limit with your pitchers. And my dynasty league only has the innings pitched limit. So every time I hear and or say the word limit, I feel like that is a maximum. And that's what the, speed signs would like you to believe as well. Um, So we have an 80 innings limit for each week. And the problem I have with this is that come Sunday, I've had a couple of guys that were starting, you know, on random weeks and decided I'm going to bench these guys because I'm getting close to my innings limit of 80, thinking if I hit it, my stats aren't going to count and I'm going to lose you know, potentially lose my, my matchup. Come to find out, Sunday doesn't matter. You can steamroll through your 80 innings limit and all of all of it counts because you hit it on the last day. Now, if you hit it on a Saturday, then you wouldn't have any pitching stats count on Sunday. But it, it's so asinine to me to have a limit in place and then be able to just blow past it and, and, and then have everything count. Now, in our league, we have the game start limit at uh, 11 for us. And the same thing can happen. ESPN, if you have 10 starts, you could stockpile guys that are starting on a Sunday and technically start them all the only way I believe it wouldn't start them is if you had like a guy pitching in the Sunday night game and you hit the limit with a day game. It doesn't matter. It it used to matter because it would take into account that the guy had started and then you hit your limit with whatever the early day. But 
I I don't think it matters because they don't do it with like the four o'clock games on Sunday. It's not like if you hit the limit with the one o'clock games, well, you can't start your pitcher in the four o'clock games. It doesn't but matter that's because most of those games could still be going on. If the game doesn't end and it carries into the four o'clock time slot, and you have a guy starting there that could do it, I think that it'll still keep that pitcher going. But if you're if you're First guy starts the one o'clock game. Say he's got a one o five game instead of a one thirty five. That game ends, then it cuts you off. I think. I don't know. It, it I'm not, fairly confident it doesn't. But anyway, continue. Whatever. <laughs> so, I've now lost a matchup and had another matchup in the league that's that's had a guy go over, and it's this whole thing. And and the one guy's argument is, oh well. Who cares? It's 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 all the strategy to start it, you know, start as many guys as you can on Sunday and you know stockpile all the stats you can. Well, no, that's a horrible strategy because a, our last pickups for the week happen on Friday, um, so we ha- we you would have to do a lot more research to really find out when each of these guys is starting, and when you can go and try to hunt. And then B, if you if you have enough guys on your team that are that bad that you can just drop and go stockpile on starters for a Sunday matchup to try to win your matchup, I feel sorry for your team. It's probably not very good. And you know what? Go ahead and keep dropping guys that are probably fairly quality guys that you just think are having bad, you know, couple weeks or something. And then I'll stockpile those guys on my team. And the next time I play you, I'll, you know, get their double start, you know, great games. But I just think that this this whole idea of a limit is an absolute joke if you're not actually limiting it. I mean, with our league, if you go over, it's self-policed. So I, I'd like that you leave it up to everybody else to check this. And if you miss it, hey, shame on you. You should have been paying attention to your matchup. But if you catch it, shame on the other guy for either potentially missing it on his own and not realizing he went over or, you know, or trying to pull a fast one. But I, I, I hate the idea of this, I'm going to stockpile stats on the last day. There's no point of even having a freaking limit at this point. So I, that's something I agree. that will be revisited. Uh, come next year for sure, and hopefully uh, one of the one of the uh, items they thought about adding was, oh well, let's add losses as a category. No, let's not add losses. The problem with this league last year was that we had twenty two too many categories. categories. Yeah, let's not bring these more categories back into the fold unless you're going to get rid of something else. Let's just take out strikeouts, throw losses <laughs> back in. Come on, let's make it real freaking interesting here. I mean, no. Stop with the nonsense. Stop with the added freaking categories. Well, leave it where it is and just put a game start limit on it. And then that they, way people aren't going to stockpile starters. Unless yeah, they well, just I mean, happen to have a bad week or get rained yeah. out and lose two-star pitchers or whatever, and they have to try to like fight to get the game start limit. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. My team's been just Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I did. And, nothing and I, can I do. Kicked, kicked your ass 8-2 to two this past week, so you're welcome. Yeah, you would have destroyed um, everybody last week, you and your 1.1 ERA. That's right. 
Because I know what I'm doing. Yeah, okay. You're still below me. You're still below me in the standings, and uh, half my team's been injured standings for three straight standings. weeks. Okay. You know for a fact that all I need to do is get into the playoffs, and then you're out of the playoffs. So I may not even make the not playoffs. not even a thing. Going. I've I, lost Hunter Pence, and now I've lost Garrett Cole. Before yeah. that, I lost a bunch of other really good players that I've had to drop or hang on to. My team's decimated right now. I can't do anything. Um but yeah, well, man. Donaldson but hit a nice why... grand slam for you. Who? Donaldson oh, hit a today. grand slam today for you. Yeah, about the yeah. time he starts hitting home runs. Um, yeah. But yeah, and anyway, I should have had I should have had the home runs category on you too. You're lucky I benched Mitch Moreland for that two homer game. Anyway. Whatever. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> just just to just to. Uh, comment on your thing real quick. I mean, but that's why we do what we do in our league. We have an 11 start limit. We self-police it. I, cause I got tired, especially in the playoffs. I got tired of people doing exactly what you're doing. They're getting their ass whipped in ERA and in whip. And so they go, well, I'm just going to try and go after wins and strikeouts, drop half yeah. my team and just pile starters for that last day. It, yeah. it was stupid. And so I was like, this is dumb. This is not how it should be. You should play with the team that you brought on into the into the matchup. I don't care if you add and drop a couple different guys, but to add drop like half your team that last day or two to just stockpile because you know you get to ten. We ours is eleven. You get to ten, and then you start six new guys. You're, so you're going to get sixteen starts. And if I'm yeah. winning ERA and WHIP, like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to risk that to no. start probably four guys that are terrible, um, but you're going to probably kill me and strike out the wins and win. I've seen matchups swing the other way because of that, and it's totally bogus. So we self-police it. And I know it's hard to do, but, you know, it's worked. Everybody seems to enjoy it. Um, And and everybody just kind of seems to respect it and do it. There's a couple guys early in the season that forget the rules, and I got to be like, you know, I got to remind them that morning of. I kind of keep an eye on it early on and say – you know, I'll, I'll say that Saturday or Sunday, I'll email them real quick and say, hey, you're getting close to your limit. Make sure you don't go over. But since then, I don't have to do anything. People just follow it. And that, that's yeah, the way I well, think it should be. That is the way it should be. It's, it's you know, the yes, you're in it to compete, it out, but it's, it's a it, – it shouldn't – the system shouldn't allow it to go over that way. I mean, if you set the rule, this is your limit, then leave it at that. Like, the system should be able to figure that out. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know why it wouldn't, but it's it's a gentleman's agreement in my mind that, okay, well, this is our limit. And like I said, I think it adds more strategy to stay under the limit than to just blow past it on the last day. There's no yeah. strategy in that. And we the only strategy is which one of my loser players do I have to cut to find some loser pitcher to bring onto the fold? Right. I mean, it's stupid. So, yeah, that, that pissed me off because I had a couple of days or a couple of different matchups where I specifically sat guys who were starting on a Sunday and, and that started earlier in the week, I figured, oh, well, this guy's got kind of a rough matchup or he's had a couple rough games. I'm going to bench him and then, you know, whoops, if I take take the lumps on it, I take the lumps. Big deal. 
but I know that I've got these other five pitchers that are going that can rack up a lot of innings, and they've got good matchups. So that's what I'm shooting for. And, you know, and then come Sunday when I'm sitting at 74 innings or 76 innings, I'm only throwing my relief pitchers out there to try to get, you know, a little help in ERA and whip maybe and try to get holds and saves. You know, if I get a couple Ks, great. But I'm trying to stay under 80 the whole time and thinking that if I go over it, I'm screwed. I literally pitched 79.2 innings one week and was like, oh, man, so relieved I didn't go over. No, it wouldn't have mattered. So, yeah. We had this discussion last week in – over the weekend and when you brought this up and, and I don't know, an innings pitch is hard because say you're at 72 and you've got a starter going, you know, you're, you're guessing he's going to go what? Six, six and two thirds, maybe seven. But if he happens to throw the complete game, you're just completely screwed. Like that sucks. Like what the hell? That does suck. I mean, that's, that's what hurts you, and that's why I don't necessarily like the innings limit because you have, you know, Mad Max Scherzer going on Sunday night, and which Max is going to show up, you know. He, he's finally figured it out, it seems like, and decided to pitch well again, so thanks for that. But, you know, could he go four and two thirds and and – maybe get four strikeouts and get abused like he had been in some of these games? Or is he going to pitch the complete game? Like you said, hey, I'm going to go out and throw a no-hitter today because I've sucked the rest of the uh, you know, first half of the season. Thanks for that. You just lost me my matchup. No, yeah. that, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't happen either. So I get that side of it as far as, oh, well, you know, I, I wanted to do that. But, hey, guess what? You should have benched somebody earlier in the week. You know, use the strategy and figure out what your matchups are throughout the entire week and then go off of that. It's, a, it's the same thing as streaming pitchers, you know, throughout the week. If, if you, in our league, if, if I know I'm only getting six game starts and we have 11, you're damn right I'm going to go out and use yeah. probably four of my five pickups on pitchers. Yep, you kind of have so, to. Yeah, and I may be done with my pickups on Wednesday, and then I'll bitch about that again. So, <laughs> and you have. You know, exactly. God damn it, Britain. Um, so yeah, that's sucks. rant number one. Rant number two has absolutely nothing to do with sports. Um, it, it's another, you know, tissue box in the rear deck of your car type rant. Um, I'm just so sick of millennials and their entitled ass effing attitudes. These people can suck it. They need to realize that they haven't earned a damn thing in their life unless they actually work for it, but they're never going to work for it because mommy and daddy are too busy spoon feeding them every freaking day. So I'm in the city today and I'm coming back from a meeting, picking up some, uh, some documents and whatnot, sitting in a, a right-hand lane, to try to turn onto a, a one-way street, multiple lanes turn. Some some guy, you know, a couple cars ahead of me decides he's parked there, so everybody in front of me is trying to merge back into the left lane so they can go around and turn. 
And this jackhole in his car, I'm, I'm neck and neck with a, a, a van, you know, an MTA van or whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. Good to go. The guy in front of me is going to get in front of this van. I'll get in behind the van and be good to go. No. This idiot has to just ride up on the van's ass and not let my much bigger than his little Nissan Jeep in to get in front of him because he's got somewhere to be that's much more important than where I got to go. No, asshole. I'm actually going to work. You're not going anywhere but driving your little Miss Daisy girlfriend around. So peace out on that. But this guy doesn't let me in. So, of course, I'm laying on my horn and then, you know, getting more and more angry at this idiot. And then I see that it's some chump kid driving around daddy's car and the license plate's got the little MIL military thing. First of all, you're not even old enough to be in the military. And if you were, you would have gotten your ass kicked day in and day out. You would have fucking dropped out. So, you know, here again, it just goes back to my point that you're out driving around daddy's car. You know, thanks for him giving that to you. But you didn't earn it. You didn't do anything. Go get a job. Quit being a move to society. And quit being so damn entitled. Hate these people. <laughs> like, oh, man. Drop. Oh, man. Uh... How do you like them, man? Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I thought after I gave him the finger and laid on my horn for a solid minute when he wouldn't let me in. Oh, oh the man. best part about it is that I didn't even have to get in because you know what? I saw the opening where the guy was parked that I couldn't really see with the other guy in front of me who was merging, and I just took off through that and then basically turned between the van and the other car. It's like, you know what? Fine, I'll blaze my own damn trail if you're not going to let me in, you entitled piece of crap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you never fail to make me laugh and surprise me, man. <laughs> you're it's welcome. Um, Tonight's rant brought to you by Heavy Seas Crossbones, Section IPA. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Uh, so I do want to finish up with one last question. We will just, uh, I've only got one, so it's quick. Are you buying low or cheap on any of the following in Dynasty? Tyson Ross. Rourke, Smiley, Chen, or Segura? Uh, of of those five, I like Segura and I like Tyson Ross. Rourke, eh. You don't like Segura? I mean, he's having an I okay like, start. He's kind of slowing down. I'm like, I don't know, in a dynasty? He is slowing down. He, he came out like gangbusters and was making me look like a genius for holding on to him in my dynasty league because I went and traded for uh, Trevor's story. But he's definitely slowed down some. I, I think that – I still think that he's going to have a solid season if he can kind of maintain where he's been going and maybe, you know, pick it back up a notch. Chen, I, it depends on the pitching cats or, or if it's a points league. Um, if it's quality yeah, starts I mean, over win, I, I like him, but – 
Even um, then, man, he's struggling this year. I have him. He's not doing good. I um, had him, and I, I dropped him. And I, I actually traded for him in that league and then dropped him in my dynasty because he wasn't doing anything, and I had enough other pitching depth to not worry about yeah. him. But when you can go out and get guys like CC Sabathia and Doug Fister and you know, walk away with a 0.9 ERA, uh, I, I like man. it. Whatever, man. <laughs> you know that was total bogus. Um, Fister against Texas. If you listened to last week's podcast, I actually did not support that start. I know, I and then you picked him it. up, and I was like, what in the hell is he doing? And then it worked. I was no, like, this I, is total crap. <laughs> I had him. I already had him in our league, I think. And that was the start that I was like, meh, I don't know about this. But I went with it because I already had I had already picked him up and rolled with him for a couple starts, and he's been lights out. So I figured that was a rough matchup for him, and Houston hadn't beaten Texas yet, I think, this year until that game. Whoa. So yeah, that pitch. <laughs> um yeah, little chin music. So I I'm pretty sure that was you know, that it was the part it, that I, I it, it wouldn't have mattered because I was already crushing you, but I, yeah, I think that it's kinda of falling apart. Well it was it I was did, pretty much all I needed it to hit the the limit too. So that's why I kind of yeah. rolled with him and figured, well, everyone else is pitching really well. So if I get kind of a blow up from him, then I should still be okay. Yeah. Like, so my answer to this is in dynasty, I, I don't know if Tyson Ross is considered by low in dynasty. I mean, maybe if he's on a team that's competing now and you can trade him a, you know, a, a good, player who you don't think is going to like maybe an older player that you want to get rid of go after yeah. Tyson Ross Rourke is he really a buy low at this point like guys having an awesome season Smiley yeah, no nah. Chen no Segura we already touched on that I'm not really buying in on him uh, besides I don't think Segura stays as the starting shortstop you know, from Milwaukee going forward, is going to be Arcia. He's going to get up. He's going to get called up a suit eventually. No, Segura's on Arizona now. Segura's, I was just going to say, let me correct you again. Segura's on Arizona. But, yeah, no, Arcia is uh, – he's being held off by uh, Jonathan VR. VR, yeah, who I also think is going to fall off. But um, Yeah. But anyway, I still, I'm still not really buying Segura. I mean, he did this a few years ago when he was – I think he was a rookie. Or something it was like when the second was, year. When he was, he was awesome. Milwaukee, he had a great yeah, he was year. awesome, and then he just and then he nothing since. So yeah, yeah, I'm not really eh, on any of these guys except maybe Ross. If you can, if you have like a movable piece that somebody else wants, because they, you know, Tyson Ross may not be back until after the All Star break at this point. But if you're trying to compete this year, no on any of those guys except for Rourke, but he's not by low, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's it for the show. Um, your your rant is uh, priceless, man. That was a good one. <laughs> I had to give you got to give you credit on that one. So well, it's been right, a well, couple of weeks, so I had to. Uh, I really had to step my game back up and make get up something. for it. Yeah. Things, I mean, well, things uh, will happen to me, and I will be mad about them. 
Yes, yes, you will. This is why I gave you. This is why we came up with that uh, that segment for you, because you are a fiery person. Anyway, man, we will uh, <laughs> we will call it a night. Went a little long, but it's all good. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the show, and we will be back next week, same time, same channel. See ya. All right. Have a good one. Don't be a dick. Thank <laughs> you.